Welcome to WP Coffee Talk. Thank you to all of our sponsors, and especially to our Espresso Level sponsors, Helix Managed WordPress Hosting, for both their sponsorship and for hosting our site, and to Expander Digital for both their sponsorship and providing SEO services to us. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to this episode of WP Coffee Talk. And I usually tell you that I know most people through Twitter or I've met them in person. And my next guest uh, is Tim Toomey. And Tim and I actually have been in the same place at the same time, but that's not how we know each other. Um, I think I, I know what I posted. I posted on Reddit a question asking people if they had embraced Gutenberg yet, yes or no. And Tim was like, not only have I embraced it, but wait till I tell you what me and my team have been working on. And uh, so we actually started talking. We exchanged numbers. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, you have to be on my podcast. So this is where we are today. Tim, welcome to WP Coffee Talk. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you here. So I, I gave a little bit of a preview, but go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. So I'm, I'm like a classic freelancer to tiny agency kind of, uh, I guess, sort of trajectory. And now I'm like, I'm overseeing a team of a handful of freelancers and one full-time person. And we, we essentially are a digital marketing agency, but we focus on um, mostly web design projects is probably where the majority of our work comes from. And then the other half of our agency is like building landing pages and doing online marketing for uh, typically like music festival related things or events is kind of our bread and butter. But I mean, we have clients who are like dance studios and restaurants and um, I mean, I mean, we have Berkshire Hathaway companies. We have a pretty wide range of like weird customers, but like almost all of them in some capacity were doing something with a website or a place that they land on, which we, we typically work with WordPress. That's awesome. And what's your company called? The company is called Covert9 and there isn't nine of us. <laughs> There's two full-timers. Uh, two contractors and two or three freelancers that we use. And most of us are in the Chicagoland area, but uh, like my other full-time um, employee is in Seattle and we've got someone who's in South Carolina. So we're kind of remote workers. So we're, we're kind of a little bit like the WordPress team, I guess, in that way. Yeah. WordPress, a lot of um, digital agencies nowadays are kind of remote that way. Some people like span lots of time zones in different countries and continents. And so you're, you're, you fit right in when it comes to that kind of thing, I guess, which is cool. Now, I just yeah. Gotta, and I, I just, I'm not, I got to put my hand up and say, I don't know if I agree with remote work. Like, I don't, I don't know if I like it even. It's, it's still one of those things that like, I change my mind every day. Like some days I think it's great. But then there's times where I'm like, God, if we were all just in the same room for one hour, we could figure this out. But mm-hmm. um, I think everyone's different in that opinion. Absolutely. My team is what I call a hybrid. So we have two offices. We have one in um, San Diego, and then we have an office here in Rochester, New York. And that accounts for about half of our company. And the other half is working from wherever they are. So we've got people in India, we've got people in Mexico, California, uh, New York, you know, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Florida, whatever. So we're all over the place. Um, and it is nice when you can all actually physically be in the same place. So I don't know if that's happened for yeah. you yet, but, you know, WordCamp US last year was um, an opportunity for all of us to be in the same place. And it was, it was almost magical, if I can use that word. It was <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we usually do have one week a year where we're all, we all like make a point to be in Chicago at the office and it coincides with one of our our big clients is music festival that we all go to. So we, we, we do that. And it's, 
but you know, at the same time, when we are all together in that one week, very little work gets done. It seems like <laughs> it's different work. It's different work. It's the cohesion of your group that, yeah. and that, and that's important too. So, you know, it's awesome. It's a good yeah. thing. So show us your mug and tell us about why you chose the mug today that you got with you. So this mug I chose because we have a set of them in the office and they were handmade by uh, one of our freelancers friends that makes hand like clay and fires them on their own. So I wanted a red and black set to match like our color scheme. So they made me a set. So that's what I have. And uh, right now there's just coffee in it. And I actually have the coffee too. I guess I should bring that up. It's called Gun Barrel Coffee. It's a veteran company, a veteran owned company. And it's actually like, I'm not a coffee snob. I usually just drink Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I think mm-hmm. theirs is like the best. But for some reason, this coffee, like, I really like it. I don't know why. It's probably just some, I really don't know anything about it besides that it's like, I just randomly got it. And now like, they mail me it like every month and it's great. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I have my Wonder Woman mug and anybody who knows me or has seen the site or seen anything about me and <laughs> my Twitter account. Yes, I am all about the Wonder Woman. And this is my newest Wonder Woman mug. This was a <laughs> birthday gift in October from one of my, um, one of my coworkers and it, it changes color all the way around. So it's kind of fun. So I'm drinking it's very tea. impressive. <laughs> it's okay. kind of fun, right? Um, and I have yeah. turmeric turmeric tea tonight so I'm drinking the tea but the non-caffeinated because I need to sleep at some point so (laughs) I'm mine's with coffee so I'm gonna balance it out with beer as soon as we're done so that I can go to sleep after (laughs) there you go (laughs) I have actually on Saturdays um sometimes I have bourbon in my cut in my mug so it depends on what time of day and who I'm talking to and what I have going on afterwards as to what what's in my mug so that's all fun so tell us how did you get started with WordPress why WordPress I started working with WordPress, um, I'd say like initially playing around with it. I still am not really sure what year it was. I've been telling people 2005 just to be safe, but it was in college. It was when I, I was just freelancing. I was doing some work for my job back home. Actually, I worked remotely while I was in school, but we, we were still using like old school PHP and MySQL sort of homegrown like CMSs where there was like very little content managed work at all. Um, and a, a Actually, a guy who um, I still work with, he's our sysadmin, uh, kind of turned me onto it. And he said, you should check this out. It's got a templating system. It's, it's not like super advanced. It's still mostly for blogging. And I think I ended up taking it and making like, I lived in a house with four or five other, um, four or five other people at the time at school. And I was in art school. So we made like a blog for our house. And it was like, you know, the five of us would post. I mean, this is 2005. So this is like even, I think it was right when Facebook was coming out. So we would put stuff there before we had another place to post our drunken photos. So I started working with the templating system and the admin and like figuring out how to overwrite files and stuff like that. And then I kind of like took a hiatus from it for a few years as I like got through school and finished up my degree. And then um, subsequently after school, I got a job at an ad agency in Chicago and they were, they were doing still custom built ASP.net type of uh, content management systems and things like that. And I hated them. And, um, you know, like thinking back before WordPress and Squarespace was really popular, you really kind of were at the mercy of whatever admin system you're using. And like back then, our clients at this agency were paying my agency something like $15,000 a month in a retainer for us to update the content. And 
so what we did was we had a dev site and a production site and we just like changed everything on development site. They would go and review it and give us a million other changes that they, you know, had. And so this would be like a 30 hour process to get like eight pages updated. And this is like part of what I did when I first started. And I just remember thinking this is like insane. And there was a lot of like other tiny like startup type CMSs at the time that were trying to like break out that were like kind of like visual where you could, you know, kind of highlight and change text and change it on the front end. But Nothing was really stable, so we used ASP.NET. That's like what the agency used, and I hated it. And the clients hated it, and it cost a ton of money to like continually update the site. So I could answer this question. I could take literally 45 minutes in your entire day. <laughs> so um, eventually, I got turned back into WordPress, and I was starting to mess around with themes. And then I like I hated my job so much that I started my own t-shirt company selling shirts. So naturally we needed to produce content to like attract people to the site because we had no money. We didn't have money for ads and we're selling shirts. So we used a blog to like make content about stuff. And I, it was a WordPress blog. And I did like a custom front end and I actually matched it to our, our um, cause I, I was doing development during the day. So I matched the design to a Magento commerce store and that's what our front end ran on for the mm -hmm. store. And I mean, this was like before WooCommerce even. So I kind of just stuck with it and it just kept getting continually better. And it sort of just always matched up with what I was doing at work. And then, I mean, if you fast forward, like this is like, God, this is like 10 years ago now. I've just been using it for my own throughout my career as I went to other companies. And now I'm on my own as a, a small agency. And that's pretty much all we use is WordPress mm -hmm. just because it's, it's um, I've just known it for 10 years. And when you turn it over to a user, an end user, a couple hours of training usually, and they're up to speed. They don't, they don't really need, you know, they don't need me and a $15,000 a month budget to run their own right. site. So, um, and there's a lot more steps to the story in there, but that's sort of, <laughs> you know, I started just messing with it in college and yeah. it was, it had a great, they had a great templating system. And I was working with like four or five other templating systems that like no one's probably ever even heard of at the time that are, I'm sure still around to some extent. And um, WordPress was like just a ready-made up and go and drop a theme in and here you go. And you're, you're, you have a site that's like, you know, as good as anything, I could spend $100,000 of your money with a full agency team to like build one for you. So it's, and it's just only gotten better. So mm -hmm. I've just kind of stuck with it. When I was in college, I had a computer. I was the only person in the entire dormitory who had a computer. Um, that's how long ago it was. And it was pinfed dot matrix printer that I would print my reports on and my, and my, uh, my papers. So we didn't have the internet back then. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I we had internet, but we didn't have like no, almost no social media or anything. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's come a long way in a very short amount of time, really. Maybe so. for the worse. <laughs> it's got its pluses and minuses, right? So. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I could talk all day long. Like, I just think like one of the things that my team and I talk about, cause we're all relatively, I mean, we're on the internet all day long. We're building stuff on the internet and we're doing advertising on the internet. So like we have a little more understanding of how a lot of like these technical systems work and how you can target people and how it's great that we can target people who love, you know, soccer and also love Oaxaca chocolate. Like it's great <laughs> that you can find those people, but we're also kind of on the, other end of the spectrum where we think it's kind of privacy. Uh, it's not really congruent with privacy, a lot of the social networking stuff. So like to me, like the long-term stuff I love thinking about with WordPress is that like if it gets easy enough or if it, if it gets to this point where everyone can have a WordPress site, you kind of, you don't really need the centralized 
you know, mm-hmm. social network that's owns all the data anymore because you can connect right. all these sort of federated systems. And so like, I, I think that's like years away or even, I don't even know if it's possible. Like, it's interesting to think about though, that mm-hmm. for a system where you individually own the data that your system is on and it's not used by some other company or sold to other companies, like if people care about that, like WordPress is interesting from that perspective mm-hmm. um, among like a million other things. So like the more and more I like over intellectualize what I think about with <laughs> WordPress and, and the internet, like I, it just makes me like the idea of open source and having sort of independent mm-hmm. content of your own that you, that's on your own domain name, I guess. It's going to be interesting to see where Tumblr goes now that it's associated with WordPress or purchased by right. WordPress, so automatic. So that'll be very interesting to see how those kinds of things start to align. And that's a social media, you know, so, and it's microblogging and all those things kind of wrapped together. So definitely going to be interesting to see how that changes the market. Yeah. Are they, I mean, I can't believe they bought it for like a few million bucks and it was bought for like, like hundreds of millions. I don't even remember the yeah. exact purchase price, but a lot. Um, <laughs> it had a really good community of different people on it. Like interesting, mm-hmm. weird, weird stuff, which I think is, that's like, we'll actually go back to Reddit. Like that's one of my favorite things about Reddit is there are so many weird communities of people. Mm-hmm. Um, like I used to, my friends and I still have this thing where like every time we get together, so you have to tell um, a friend of a new subreddit that you subscribe to that's really bizarre <laughs> or interesting. And it's like, I have found some great subreddits and like, I mean, you could go really way down the rabbit hole on some of those oh, things. Like, absolutely. And some nights I do when I'm just laying there, insomnia hits and I'm like, let's yeah. go run it and see where we go. That's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a very, very interesting thing. Yeah. Um, if you, when you look at websites, um, whether they're your own or other people's, what do you think is something that we as, you know, web builders and a web community don't focus enough attention on, uh, when we build websites that would make websites stronger and better? Um, well, I mean, I'll frame it for, I guess myself and like the work that I do. Um, one of the things I think that I work with a lot of small companies, even like the bigger clients I have, like in my opinion, they're still small because it's like a small division of a huge company. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think there's a tendency to just, to just, it's mar- it's the marketing department. What the website's run by the marketing department or the marketing person. If it's a company that I work with, there's usually one person. Mm-hmm. And it's just always like the easiest tip I can always tell people, even for a WordPress developer type is that it's, it's like very me focused. Like the websites tend to be very company focused. And sometimes I make the joke. It's just a giant fucking billboard. Oh, excuse me. Am I allowed to swear? You can swear. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any kids that watch WP coffee talk, at least not yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, they just look like giant billboards mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And they yeah. don't have, I mean, sometimes users only want one thing out of your site. And it's, you know, for like a lot of our restaurant sites, like just give them the menu, give them the menu and five food photos and a reservation link. And like, if you really need to have some other content or other stuff going on, then like put it there, but like kind of put it to the side. Um, yeah. Tell me what hours you're again, open and what you serve. Right. And then there's, there are people like our, our big music festival client that we work with. I mean, I may as well plug them, right? There it's riot fest. It's a Midwest mm-hmm. music festival. And they actually used to have a, a festival in um, Brooklyn and one in Toronto for a while, mm-hmm. but um, they, they were never putting out content about music and they, they've been on WordPress since before I worked with them. Mm-hmm. And it was always like, you know, you have this WordPress site and it's like, it, it's, it's there for, generating content and stuff for people to read when they're bored and, and 
not thinking about buying a ticket to a music festival. And like your entire site is about selling a ticket to a music festival or to your club shows. And like, Mm -hmm. since this is like four or five years ago now, and you know, if you go to their site now, it's more content driven and it's like, it's about making things that people are interested in. So even for me as a developer who works on even my own site, which is like, I think pretty sales heavy in a lot of ways, thinking about what the customer actually wants out of it. And like, so that's why we've kind of transitioned to being more of like a, a resource company and just putting out, stuff for other developers or, you know, people who are doing like low budget marketing, like putting a lot of our freebie stuff out there on our site is, is just a much more valuable use of the site. So I think content's probably the, the, the long winded answer of something that we don't think about is the actual content that's going in there. Um, and, and once you get into the really like nitty gritty sort of design conversation, it's about like, well, what information is most important or what pieces of our site are most important to get in front of people. And that's how you get like, into a lot of the design system stuff. And I think a lot of WordPress people are heavier on the, usually either on, either either on the development side or the design side. And even, I think both sides kind of neglect the content and then mm-hmm. both of them together at the same time struggle with, well, how do I present content and how do I make it easier for people to find what they want out of me? And then, you know, I think for like, probably the biggest piece of advice that I would give to people that are in my field for their clients is, if you can sell your client on things that will make their site, make them money is, is another thing that people don't take into account. They just look at, well, you had a, you had an about page and menu page, you know, you know, a corporate policy page and a press page before. So now we're going to give you the same four or five pages and they're going to be prettier. And our whole thing is always like, what are the one or two pieces here that you have that people would visit your site for who don't know they're looking for you. And that's another thing that we focus on. So for like our music festival client, it's like, what is the good music to listen to? I don't have 40 hours a week to listen to music. I've got one hour maybe to look for it. And if you, if they already know all the stuff I like, then, you know, that's to me is sort of the, the gap in what people don't think about is like, you have all this inherent knowledge about cool things and you're not putting it on your site in any place. So, I mean, I, I could, I could be a lesson of that for myself just simply because our site is very thin on content and like some of the best things we have, we have to give away for free just to compete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes it hard sometimes, but that's kind of our ecosystem too, I guess. Um, when you think back over the time, and you've been using WordPress since the beginning almost, like what's something that you wish you'd learned about WordPress earlier on that would have made the rest of the time that you've been working in WordPress um, maybe a little easier? Um, wow. Um, I forgot I should have thought harder about this question. So I think for me, like I'm self-taught. So I, I am definitely on the, and even from, I'm probably on the more on the design side, on the front end side, but like everything I know I learned on my own. I didn't really ever take classes or anything. I have like a film degree, which does very little for me as a developer or designer. Um, but um, the big thing I'd say, like, since I'm, I'm doing a lot of coding, like our, our block plugin that we have, I did, I mean, all the front end, all the CSS and I had, you know, there's three or four other people who help, but everyone did like one piece and I, I'm still writing a lot of code. So for me, the big thing that was never really taught to me the right way was picking a tool set and then teaching to troubleshoot. I had to learn that on my own. And I, I mean, I have to admit like a lot of my pains over the years of ripping my hair out, trying to learn a development concept, whether it's complicated things like object oriented programming or now react and um, learning how a totally different backend ecosystem works for editing. Like that's been really challenging. And if I had learned years ago when I first started, like, here's how you troubleshoot, like, here's how you debug, here's how you install a debugger, you know, there's all these mm-hmm. things out there. And there's a lot of really good, like programmer humor, like types of memes. Um, that's mm-hmm. a good subreddit plug. 
Yes. <laughs> about like troubleshooting the lazy way and not doing it right. I wish someone had shown me a long time ago, like how to do object oriented programming from scratch, like how to do JavaScript the right way, like teaching me really good development patterns. And then ultimately debugging, like even if you don't know coding, learning how to debug an error or figure out what's wrong when your site is the white screen of death. Like I, you just, I think you just save yourself hundreds of hours of, of pain and suffering. And, and honestly now for us, that's a really big um, driver of new business is like our site is broken. Can you fix it? And I can look at it and go, yeah, I know exactly what's wrong. They didn't disable Gutenberg and their editing system is all short codes now and it's gibberish, but it looks like spaghetti code to them. And I know, you know, uh, you know, deactivate right. Gutenberg, activate VS Composer and, you know, read the error log, see if there's any other things conflicting. And then, you know, learning that stuff from someone would have saved me hundreds of hours, I think. Uh, lots of headache for sure. Yeah, it is, yeah, it is I, interesting. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. The other thing I had was um, trying to use plugins to get done what you need to get done. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's like a line you got to draw in the sand where I can't use a plugin for this. I'm downloading, installing random things in my site that I've never tested. So like I've made that mistake too and had some untested plugins that like had, they looked great and they worked. And then a week later, my whole site was broken and I couldn't figure out why. And it was like some insane bug. So that was another one. Just trying to rely on too many plugins and not really understanding them is another, I think, common mistake that WordPress people make. Yeah. And just because it's in the repository doesn't mean that it's the right plugin or that it's being supported. And you got to read all the in between the lines on those kinds of things. It makes it hard for sure. I have tied my destiny to premium plugins before that were terribly coded that I yeah. was then responsible for maintaining and, and like a, um, without naming any names, like a catalog plugin that I used before I used WooCommerce catalog that it had everything I wanted. And I just, I didn't have time. I didn't have time to spec it out, bought it, put it on the site. And I had to customize a bunch of it a year later and it was a disaster. It was like a giant echoed statement and, you know, thousands of lines of code and, it was just a disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally. It, it's worth the time to vet these things to make sure that they are working for us the right way. Absolutely. Right, and then on the other end of the spectrum, the other end of the spectrum is the developer, because I mean, I suffer from this. My developer that I work with most often suffers from this, or they're trying to develop a plugin yourself and trying to make the world like perfect new framework. That's another like good like common programmer problem is like, there's 20 import plugins. Why did we need to make our own import plugin? You know? Right. For sure. Um, now I know that you've been involved in at least one WordCamp because we were both at WordCamp US this year, but when you think back over the different Word, WordPress events, whether they're WordCamps, meetups, um, you know, other kinds of things, what's a moment or two that was kind of a pivotal moment for you or like, um, an inspiration for you that you can look back to and say that made a difference to me. So, um, is it okay if it's not a word camp? Yeah. Okay. Cause I started going to word camps pretty late. Like I went to my first word camp Chicago, I think two or three years ago. So by then I was like, we, we, we'd already been making WordPress products and, and a couple of the meetup, the not meetups, the talks I went to at the, my first word camps were like, they were informative, but it was like they just scratched the surface of the things that my team and I were trying to learn about. So especially with like Gutenberg and the new editing system, which has been our focus the last like pretty much actually the last like two years, I guess you could say. Um, I felt like there wasn't much for me at the WordCamp, but the WordCamp US I, I felt was great, but it was obviously my first one was a month ago. Um, 
So my example, and I, I thought hard about this because when I was first starting to go to conventions, it was, I mean, it was 2001, I think was the year, but I went to, I don't know if you heard of flash forward. If you remember that conference, it was yeah, Macromedia flashes conference. Mm-hmm. So before Adobe bought flash, it was owned by Macromedia. They had a conference called flash forward. I had a flash resource website in the two thousands when I was in high school and it got on TV and it had like, I was getting more traffic to that website than any of the sites I've ever worked on since. It was like 5,000 unique visitors a day for Flash, for tutorials on how to use Flash. So we went to this Flash conference and I went there as an exhibitor, not an exhibitor, like a sponsor, a gold sponsor, because I, mm-hmm. we promoted it enough and I got a bunch of free passes. So I, my mom flew out there with me <laughs> and uh, dropped me off at the convention center in New York. And the first speaker was this guy named Joshua Davis. And I'll never forget it because I didn't know what to expect. I was a teenager. I'd never been to a, a conference, a tech conference or anything. And this guy gets up there, this Joshua Davis guy, never heard of him. I think I knew of his site at the time, um, but I didn't really know much about him. And he gets up there and gives a presentation about finding inspiration as a mm. designer and where to find inspiration from. And he didn't show any of, I think he showed a little bit of his work at the end, but the, almost the entire talk was about like, where do you find inspiration from? And this was before like BuzzFeed and top 500 free WordPress resource design, inspirational Pinterest board things. Mm -hmm. So his presentation, he, um, it sounds a little bit inappropriate when I describe it, but um, he talks about this artist that did portraits of people. And what they did is they put cork, they burned cork and they painted their whole faces black, Mm -hmm. like dark soot black. So that all you saw was their eyes. And he talked about how he was inspired by that. So he cuts to a video of himself. He goes, let's watch this video real quick. And I'd never seen anyone do that before either. And he cuts to a video of himself painting blackface on himself so that you could see his eyes. And he's talking about how it changed his perspective on how he looked at people because it, it, focused, it focused everything in on the focal point of your eyes and it made them look really bright and intense. And he followed that up with um, experimental, um, he was a big experimental like animator. And if you look at his um, website today, like he's still doing like uh, like opening title sequences for like the World Cup and it's like all sorts of other great huge projects that everyone's probably seen. So um, he's still doing that, but you can see from his work that he got inspired from some really weird places, of course. So at the end of this talk, he, he in his video, he puts, um, he takes out these colored eye drops and he's like, you know, I've been trying to see the world from a different view to see different colors and how I can incorporate this into some of my experimental animation work with Flash. And he takes these eyes, this little like, you know, straight out of the box from a grocery store like food coloring dye and he goes bloop bloop and he puts i in his eyes a different color uh, different colors or the same colors and it looks so painful and he's just blinking his way through the rest of this video and he sure enough he's walking around looking at things with food color is that like food coloring in his eyes wow and And ultimately, like, I don't know, people were just laughing hysterically at his presentation. And like, I walked away with that, not only learning about like, this is how you do a presentation, because I'll never forget it. And it was the talk through the whole weekend. Mm -hmm. But he also talked about his work, like just at the little tail end piece of it and showed off what he was doing and his team's thing. And, and I like, he like said, I'll be in my hotel room on the ninth floor in like 45 minutes, if anyone wants to come by it. And I like ran to my, I ran, called my mom, met her outside. I was like, mom, I need 40 bucks he's selling this thing upstairs. And I, ra- I literally like jumped in the elevator and went upstairs and bought his, whatever he had his like DVD of, he literally mm-hmm. gave away all of his source files uh, wow. of his experimental work. And he's like, check it out. I just dumped it all into a drive. I made a cool CD case for it. It looked like a PlayStation at the time or something like that. 
and he and I was just like completely blown away. And to this day, I've never, I've never really been to a, a conference or a convention where a talk like even came into the like stratosphere of what that one did. But like, so, cool. so like, I hate not having a WordPress kit because I've had some really, really informative and great WordPress talks. But like most of the time it was like, yeah, I agree with that guy. He's saying what I think. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, I guess it wasn't like, whoa, like really knocking, you know, my socks off with. Yeah. Um, how innovative it was and I, and then I think like part of the other thing is that like I, I make this joke a lot with our my my coworkers and people I, I know it's like I, I just think with, what we do is like it's fun but we're not like we're not on like live PD arresting people on television right so like how do you make it exciting and cool we're talking about you know object-oriented programming in react like is, is anyone really going to jump out of their seat and just like lose their mind and like spike their coffee wow. mug about that like <laughs> I mean, if they do, great. Like, you're the world's greatest motivational speaker if you can Absolutely. get people psyched <laughs> about Gutenberg editing, you know? <laughs> Speaking of Gutenberg editing, tell me and tell – I mean, I've looked into it a little bit because uh, you shared some things with me, but tell the world about the plugin that you guys have developed and what it does because it looks phenomenal. So it is um, – Looking at it now, like I, it, I, it's, I'm still really proud of it. Like if, if no one downloads it and no one likes it, we still will use it all the time. So what we basically did was we had a bunch of tools, just like most small agencies do. Like you either have your, your choice, like places that you download from, whether it's underscores or roots or whatever is your sort of starting point. And then, you know, people, some people buy like a premium theme that's already ready to go. Um, for us, it's kind of like a mixture of, it, it sort of depends on the person. Uh, that, that's working with us. If it's a friend of a friend, usually it's a, a, one of our themes. It's very minimal. If it's a company, it's built from scratch. It's like, it's got nothing there when we start. And then, you know, for people who need a ton of things, they're like, dude, I need all this stuff. And I've got like five grand. We might push them in the direction of either another agency or like a freelancer who can put together a couple of WordPress themes. So that was like old WordPress and it worked really well for a bunch of years. And like, you know, there's a huge theme marketplace and, um, a lot of really developed code examples and blah, 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 blah. But for us, what we learned is that our clients were typically the one signing the check is not the one editing the site. And the person editing the site is usually a person that is very similar to the other people we have editing sites. They're usually younger, tech savvy, et cetera, et cetera. But they still struggle with some of the more non-visual cues in the admin to what they're seeing on the front end. So like a Squarespace site to them is easier than a custom field based site or a visual composer based site, or even like Beaver Builder and Divi, even though those tools are like phenomenal and like so good. Mm -hmm. um, but there's still like, there's a learning curve and not everyone's a WordPress person. And like what I learned over the last like five years of running, or I guess seven years now of doing it, this on my own is that almost none of my customers came into the process with WordPress as a solution. So like I'm giving them their solution. And I want to present to them the best solution possible that will make their lives easier. And if their primary focus, if their primary focus is like editing page content and uploading videos and photos and promoting their stuff and maybe producing content and articles, then like it needs to be as easy as possible. And it, usually if they're willing to spend money on it, then it's got a really good design and it, it, it works really well. So what we've made in my really long winded answer is it's like a, it's, it's a, it's a combination of tools that we use for our site. So there's a starter theme. It's, um, it's based on underscores. We actually started with a, a library called Understrap. Have you heard of Understrap? 
Hmm. Um, no. So it's bootstrap and um, underscores combined. Okay. So the, there's a great library. If no, one, if no one's ever heard of it, go check it out. Um, we started with that. It's got build tools um, for developers for like NPM and all these other like hardcore, not hardcore, but for like version tracking and for linting your code. And the problem was it, doesn't, it didn't have any Gutenberg integration whatsoever. So it used like what I'd call like old WordPress sort of design patterns where you have a widget that, that powers your slider. You know, you don't have a drag and drop slider. You have like a widget that you upload images to. So what we did is we, we took that, we stripped out all the understrap stuff. We gave it a better starting theme framework. So it's got like Helvetica fonts. And then we made a plugin that is kind of like this, the focal point of it all that it basically takes bootstrap and all of the um, things that come with bootstrap and puts them into a, like a naked version of uh, uh, the wireframing process so that you can pick a number of columns or you can pick a pre-built layout and drop it into your starter theme and, and basically build out an entire website with either the pre-built landing pages or the individual section templates. And so like all the content that we have is, is, is about um, some that's like starting from a blank white screen and I'll, I'll literally build the whole thing from scratch using our blocks and WordPress core blocks. And then sort of the magic happens when you apply a, a style guide for it. So I don't know if you do any reading about like a lot of these people saying that WordPress themes are dead or, that there's like a big movement to like phase out themes. Like, I don't think that's gonna happen, but a theme to me has always been a style guide, a, a brand style guide of fonts, colors, buttons, form fields, any like component of a website that matches the brand. So we basically, what we made is we have the, we have the, the layout component, that's the engine for driving how you build pages and how you can start from templates. And then we have a starter theme that normalizes and gives you like a from stock it basically looks like a squarespace site where it's like black mm -hmm. and white and then the third piece of it is is this client folder that lives sort of underneath a child theme so that if you want to make it your own which is what we're hoping people do that they just make a bunch of like changes to the front end style guide in this client folder and then they've basically got a a, a theme that they could submit to wordpress.org and all they have to worry about is really everything below the header and the footer where the content is so we made the system because we needed it for ourselves. And, and essentially our process now is going through and building out layouts for the client and then saving them as reusable blocks. And then our training becomes, here's how you drop in your header layout. Here's how you drop in your, you know, your product grid layout. And we will we'll actually build all these layouts for them. And it's all in this sort of modal in the back end that you don't need it to be a designer. You just need to be able to look at, either a page template icon or a section template and go, I need, you know, two paragraphs and a heading and four images and a video and I can make this layout work. So it's, it's like, mm -hmm. we basically try to take ourselves as a little agency and build ourselves into a system so that if we didn't exist at a company, that the person there can still make marketing decisions and have a landing page that matches their brand identity that doesn't need, that doesn't look like, you know, a cookie cutter WordPress site. So mm -hmm. Sort of that's it's like a three piece system. There's there's I guess there's an admin plugin mm -hmm. that collapses the admin nav and sort of opens up the screen and gives you more editing space. And then it it also it renames some of the labels in the back end. Like we've had clients who have issues with about four or five parts of the WordPress back end. One thing is like image uploading, one is um, you know, like um seeing a ton of error messages or upload messages and stuff. And it's mm -hmm. like, what is all this? Do I need to up, do I need to update these things? So so we have an admin plugin that hides all that and makes our users' lives a little bit easier. And then we reskin the back end and just make it cleaner and like 
not look like stock WordPress, I guess. So right. um, some of the things that were, were hidden, like, like the navigation links, I think is hidden. It's under the appearance menus. And that's like, if you're a regular user, I'm just trying to change my nav, my navigation link to the header. So, <laughs> so our admin plugin makes the admin a little bit easier to use. Our, our starter theme is there to like brand and reskin. And then the blocks mm -hmm. plugin um, is there to sort of drive the page building experience. Mm -hmm. And then um, um, what was the last piece of this, I guess? I guess like the, the, the goal for us is to just eventually have like 10 or 12 different themes where it's just the header and the footer are different, like a different style guide. And then it's got the same other core plugins that work with it. So like, mm -hmm. as an example, our blocks plugin right now works with the 2020 theme and the 2019 theme. Oh, nice. The only difference, the difference is it just doesn't have, you know, you're embedding a lot of the grid based part of the code into the plugin then. So like it probably should be used with the bootstrap theme, uh, preferably. Um, but it works with like, you could make it work with any theme is sort of our thought. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not like something you're going to install because you need like the one block. Like if you need the tabs block or the toggle block, like you probably mm -hmm. shouldn't use our thing. But if you have like no idea what you're doing and you're just using an underscores as a starting point and you're like still using like the classic editor plugin, which we still are on a lot of our sites. Mm -hmm. um, but like our customers, the difference in like the Gutenberg powered system versus like advanced custom fields as, as much as I try to make our old system as easy on them as possible. Like it is so much easier for them to like use the site. So they're using it more. Um, and, and we're not supporting it. Like I'm not dealing with like, how do I do the thing? The one thing that I do one day a year, cause it's like a buried, you know, setting on a page that like I barely remember. Right. So for, so the system is like, it's sort of like our tool set before our client pays us like 15 grand to make them a custom theme. And so w w I don't know, like if that will become like, I don't know if it's worth anything. Like there are a lot of really good blocks plugins. Um, mm -hmm. And ours is um, certainly, you know, we've certainly studied what's out there um, and customized some of them from what we've found just because we liked what we saw. Mm -hmm. But to us, like what was missing was, um, like, I really don't think most people are starting from a blank white screen when they're building it. Like, they're probably right. starting with a pre-built theme that's ready or a thing that has, like, all these layouts built in. So our plugin does that. Like, mm -hmm. you can literally build an entire site in three minutes just by clicking on our page templates and having the inserter insert them. So to me, like, that's always sort of, you know, just going back to what we were saying earlier, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, to me, that's how that's like the it's, it mirrors the design process for for web design, you know, where you start with a wireframe process, usually with the client. Like we just try, we've tried to replace that because, like, our clients have fifteen grand for their whole site, and like, you know, when I was at an agency, we had one hundred and fifty grand. So it's right. like you need to cover a lot of ground quickly. And right. um, the other part of the reason why we jumped on board with Gutenberg is just if this is where how it's going to be for the next ten years, like I wanted to make sure that we were there right away right. so that pe people we get longevity out of people using it because in my opinion most of the sites that we build get flipped over in mm -hmm. four or five years mm -hmm. either because the team the marketing team changes in place or because they they, they have some new marketing initiative that they're working on right. so yeah. so like making sure that we had something that was going to last for five years is another mm -hmm. thing that we jumped all over and then i was like you know what i have I, like many people in the WordPress community, I have stolen and used and used free plugins so much that like I had, we had to find a way to like give everything that we've done and give it back to people because like 
I have like 15 years of working with front ends and websites. Like if that's one thing that I was put on this earth to do, I can make a lot of other people's lives easier by giving them, you know, a seven month head start on it. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of like, I guess the 25 minute answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, at the end, we'll have, we'll have, get the roundup of how people can find all these things. So, um, so hang cool. on till the end people and, and we'll give you some links to, uh, to find all the different uh, plugins and things that, that uh, Tim is talking about. Let me move on to my rapid fire questions with you so I can respect your time tonight and uh, we can kind of see where you land on some of these fun questions. If you were teaching somebody to build their own website, what are two to three must have plugins that you would recommend? Am I teaching them to build the site or is it just like a thing that I recommend for all WordPress people? Let's just say for all WordPress people. So, okay. Um, so the simple ones for me, besides my own plugin, the CI blocks plugin, uh, okay. is, um, I got three. One is the SEO framework. Um, I used to love Yoast. I just got sick of the upselling, like and it, it just confuses my customers. And I think a lot of the, well, without getting too opinionated about it, um, it confuses people. So SEO framework is a minimal, it gets the job done, gets the XML sitemap. It's all that you need. It's great. Use that. Um, the second one is auto optimize because it does a great job of handling minification and um, combining JavaScript files and making your site fast. So using the right settings to auto optimize, you can get a really good page speed score. Um, and then the third thing is Cloudflare or some sort of CDN or something that will distribute your site around the internet. Um, and we use that for all of our high traffic um, music festival sites that get pummeled by traffic a few times a year. So it has to be, either load balanced or distributed or something like that. So those are my three that like go on every single site, no matter what. Um, and it's, it's like every six months that shifts a little bit to, yeah. to different ones. Sure. And I think that's true for all of us. Um, yeah. At any point in your WordPress journey, have you had a, um, a mentor, whether it was an official mentor or unofficial mentor and who was it? Yeah. So I've never really had a mentor per se that like was official. Um, and he probably wouldn't even admit to being this, but the, my sysadmin Ron who got me into WordPress has kind of always been my sort of de facto mentor on things. Um, he's the one who introduced me to WordPress and Linux and like, he got me to learn things. Period. Like he, <laughs> I, I remember, I remember when something would go wrong, whether it was mm -hmm. a thing I did or a plugin or a server issue, he was like, Google it. Google the error map. Like he taught me one of the many people who pushed me into troubleshooting and figuring things out on my own, which ultimately put me in this position where I, I'm constantly learning new things and it just, mm -hmm. it stays in my brain and I can't forget it. So uh, shout out to Ron, um, What's who Ron's, is a great sysadmin. Um, Ron is on Twitter. Garen, Ron Garen. He used to be a member of the New York Linux users group. I don't know how active he is anymore, but he does all of our sysadmin stuff. He keeps all of our WordPress sites really safe and he's, always been someone who's been really good at teaching me like practical realistic versus idealistic which is something that tech people and it people really really struggle with and he was always someone who was really good at that so it'd be ron garen awesome. shout out to ron shout out to ron other <laughs> than ron who's somebody that you admire in the wordpress community and why um so i have like a little bit of a brown noser answer here i'm sure you get this a lot but um one of them is this guy justin tadlock i don't know if you've heard of him um, he doesn't yet. know who i am I, I i don't think he knows who i am at all but 
I've followed him for years and it mostly like I had to write this all down. Um, he oversees a part of the process of WordPress that is, it is very difficult to oversee as far as like theme reviews and making sure that people understand it. And like, he also takes an opinion in the community when people say things that like I, uh, that are equally frustrating and irritating about WordPress, but like, I'm kind of on the, the ship has sailed and like, I think we should move forward and, and work on the new WordPress. And I don't say I, like, I think they've done a pretty good job of saying like backwards compatible with old WordPress, but like, and he always takes a stance on understood it's frustrating, but, and he does a really good job of communicating like what he thinks themes are going to be and how the design, you know, is isolated from the database. And so, like a lot of the really like over intellectualized things I like to think about, he comments publicly on, and I'm usually too scared to. So that's, that's one. And then the other one's Matt Mullenweg for pretty much the same reasons. Um, mm -hmm. It's like, and, and there's even like, um, you know, if you want to go a couple moves down on the chess table, people getting upset about getting called out on being upset for want, not liking change. Like that is something that people also get upset about. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they've all done a pretty, like while I, I may have thought things were rushed a little bit, they do a good job of, of selling the future. And, and, and I think they're overseeing these huge, like, distributed teams. And I just really admire that because I have a small team and sometimes I manage them when they're in the space around me. And it's like the hardest part of the job <laughs> is to do your job and to manage people. And I think those two people do a really good job of like communicating high level priorities, even when it sort of maybe they can't consider just the developers or just the designers mm -hmm. at all times. So those two would be my long winded answer. <laughs> Fantastic. What's something you'd still like to learn in WordPress, but you haven't tackled yet? So I've, I've tackled this a little bit, but uh, using React, um, mm -hmm. getting better at it. I'm still not good enough at it to like write my own code. And that bothers me a lot. Um, I'm someone who is like really, really good with jQuery and kind of comfortable with my jQuery and my mm -hmm. super simple libraries that I use for everything. And it's been a definite learning curve and having to go back and learn like functional programming. So that's, still on my list so that I can troubleshoot this, but I, like every day it's like, am I going to, am I going to go off in the strategic direction or am I going to like continue to learn the development concepts? And like, I still want to learn react just because it seems really powerful and it just, it seems like that's how it's going to be. So I may as well learn it. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest mistake you've ever made in WordPress and what did you learn from it? Um, so I think I might've said this a little bit earlier, but it was, it's probably using plugins that like I thought I had a good handle on. Mm -hmm. That ultimately, because of just the ghosts in the sheen, I guess, it just catastrophically melted down on me over time. And like the example I have, I think I was using um, a caching plugin and I was using a Cloudflare CDN plugin with a, um, a plugin that was putting in related posts at the bottom of my blog posts. And it would rebuild the related items algorithm type stuff when new material was posted. So what ended up happening is I also had something in there that was doing auto posts of mm -hmm. like, I think it was like a thread of like my tweets or something, something that I was like, I don't know what I was doing, but what happened was it ultimately, and my site would go to a crawl after like a week and it was cause mm -hmm. it would just have errors and silently fail. And then it would load up my error logs and load up all sorts of other things in the server. And then the server would get caught trying to generally like circularly regenerate 
mm-hmm. these related items and I had no clue. And it was because I just didn't know what I was doing. And I was just <laughs> using like five plugins and it took up like 40 or 50 hours of my time. Cause every time I I log in, clear stuff out, you know, it's good to go. And then it'd be back. Mm-hmm. So it was just a disaster. So I think a lot of WordPress people make the mistake of using not, not being scared of just learning the settings or being scared of learning like the right way to do it and just mm-hmm. trying to fix things with, 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 you know, 50 plugins. And it's just, it's just a disaster for people like me to have to, you know, yeah. unravel that bird's nest. Yes. Especially when at some point there's an update to one and now it causes all these plugin conflicts that can even white screen you. And you're like, Oh my gosh. And you and I know how yeah. to fix that, but other people don't know how to fix that. So. Right. And it, I mean, it even got to a point where like, look, my, my company, I used to give everybody like, where do you want your site to host host it at? I'll put it there. And we stopped doing that. And now we host all of the sites. Cause it was like, mm-hmm who do you think they're going to call anyway when things fall apart? Like they're going to call me. So yeah. now it's like ma- maintenance and all that is up to me. And it's, it's, it's funny how much um, you are like, I mean, development operations is not something that like I knew anything about. Uh, yeah. But now I know a lot about, like, I know we're doing the version control and, you know, we've mm-hmm. got, you know, get hooks for updating 30 websites. Like we don't have it all perfect yet, but like just because you can literally bury yourself in unpaid support work or unpaid busy work that, you know, you're not getting paid for. So, um, yeah. yeah. What's your proudest WordPress moment? Um, besides getting the blocks plugin that we just released, I don't know how hard things are to get accepted to the WordPress store to repo, but like we our plugin got accepted and I was like, so proud of that. So like, that's probably most recently, but before that, my first like big music festival website launch, where my website that the, like I did it by myself and like I worked like an insane amount of time on it to establish myself with this new client mm-hmm. and they had never had a website stay online for a big concert announce like it always crashed and if you if you ever work in like the big concert sales bit like all the sales happen in your on sale and then like during your single day announcement there's like two or three windows that all the big um, pops of sales happen. And then one of them is right when they go on. So mm-hmm. you get those impulse. So it's important that the site stays on. So the first time I had a site go up that was getting just pummeled by traffic, it stayed online the whole time. And I was like, so pumped that, um, and you know, they, they subsequently got a lot of better marketing from that because we mm-hmm. put people to the site versus sending them right to a ticket processor. So we got like a bunch of email subscribers and, oh, um, awesome. we got a bunch of really good marketing data that we could target people about later with. And um, we, we kind of were able to like launch the content side of the site to show people that like, yeah, we're selling tickets to this event. That's one weekend a year, but we write about music all year long. And it's like really good written content that if you don't have time to find your own music, like you should read. So that was like something I was proud of just because I mean, the whole Midwest, it like trends on Twitter and like everyone in the Midwest who likes rock music goes to the site at the same time. And I was just like, you know, it had like an animated car. It had like an animated carousel on there, and like, oh my god, it was like I, I think I literally worked through the night to finish it on time, and I was just wow. like, thank God it launched. Thank goodness for sure. If you weren't working in web, web tech, all of the, you know, what you do now, um, what's another career that you might like to attempt? I think I would be. Um, I've talked about this before, but like, if I ever had, I'm going to swear again. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you ever if, if I ever had fuck you money is what I like to call it where like I don't have to work I think yeah. I would try to go I think I'd try to go back and get a law degree like just to get cool. a degree pass the bar and then help 
people who like um, who have either like like one of the things that I've gotten I've dealt with as a small business owner is like litigious people who either threaten to sue you or people who don't pay you that you have to get a lawyer to get to, mm -hmm. to go after or contracts you have to write for your work or um, just there's a million things that I don't think small business owners know about, especially if you have experience in tech um, mm -hmm. and, and doing web design or development or marketing. Like I think there's a lot of small companies that get taken advantage of for a lot of different reasons because of the legal side and the agreements that they know nothing about. And I like, I've always loved that. And I have this sort of obsessive mind for it, but um, I can't imagine doing it unless it was like, I didn't need to get paid <laughs> It was for free. And like, it was for like the, you know, electronic frontier foundation or yeah. you know, someone who I cared about. So what's something on your bucket list? Um, I didn't really have anything good for this. I, I honestly, I, this is a new one is, is learning to play guitar because mm -hmm. I love music. I work in the music industry in some capacity. I go to live music a lot. I can't play a single instrument. I don't know how to play any musical instruments whatsoever. Like I can read music, but I can't play them. So I'd love to learn just to play like a couple of Queen songs and like a yeah. couple of solos and then that's it. Put the headphones <laughs> on, play the, play the riffs for a few minutes and then, you know, take them off, put the guitar back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, show us or tell us about one of your hidden talents that the WordPress community might not know about you. Oh, I mean, I guess this can build on the last one. Um, so the, I, I still don't know how to play any real musical instruments, but that old video game rock band, mm -hmm. I could play the drums on rock band on expert level on like 85, 90% of the songs on the video game, but couldn't play any of the like actual music in real life, nor could I read the music or anything. <laughs> like, so like spent a lot of time for some reason learning all those songs and how to play and like, but don't know how to play. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Usually our hidden talents aren't going to make us any money, but they were fun, right? <laughs> I mean, we used to win a bunch of those like, you know, best rock band competitions on like Tuesday nights at the bar where we, gotcha. you know, I have a whole bunch of Jägermeister branded backpacks and stuff now, but like, <laughs> no, no money. No money. Tell us how we, how we find you. How do we find your company? How do we find your plugin, social media, all that? So I'm on, um, I'm personally, I'm only on Twitter. I'm not on any other social networks. Um, Timmy blog is my Twitter handle. It's like, I think I just had my 13th Twitter birthday. So it's really old. Um, and then my company is covert nine and we're, it's spelled out covert nine and it's on Twitter and Facebook. And we don't, we don't really post much. Um, like we've got maybe a couple things out to like promote our plugin, but if you mm -hmm. Google covert nine, all of our, all of our stuff will come up. And how do people find you in the WordPress plugin directory? Uh, if you just type in C9 blocks, we should come up. And it's the one that has less than 10 installs. So like, <laughs> uh, if there's another C9 block, it's the one that no one's downloaded yet. But I promise it's not malware and it's safe and it's a really good plugin. <laughs> Very good. Thanks so much for being here today. It's great to meet you. Um, you know, we've nice been you as well. Re Redditing back and forth, but it's nice to actually put a face with the Reddit name. And uh, I won't, I won't out you. I won't tell everybody else who your who your Reddit name is. But <laughs> it's pretty close to my regular name, so I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't mind. I don't need the anonymity. It's Timmy Blob on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine are these are jazz hands. I think is what mine are. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything else. Um, 
but yeah, I've already outed myself enough times on Reddit that people know who I am, which is fine. But uh, yeah, but thanks for being here tonight. Thanks for sharing about your new plugin and all the success sure. that your company's had. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, next time we're at the same WordCamp, we can say hello now because we know each other. So um, I will probably be at every single one going forward because it was so much fun. So I'm, I'm an organizer for this next year, so I will definitely be there too. So. Very Excellent. good. Well, I'll see you there. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Thanks again for being here tonight. And, uh, you know, we'll see you all around the, uh, the Twitter land and the WordPress cool. circuit. Have a good night. Thanks for cool. being here. Take it easy. Bye-bye.